this party's over. I don't think so. Take a seat. We would be honored if you would join us. We're back. And we're back on schedule. Krennic and Tarkin can learn a thing or two from your boys. Thanks for joining Star Wars After Party. We're grateful you're tuning in. We're talking to Andor. We might be 15 months late, but better late than never. I've been in this fight since I was eight years old. I'm Tyler Bodkins. And with me, he's so fat. And what was it, Cameron? Satisfied. Satisfied. He's so fat and satisfied, and he really wanted me to say that. Who? Cameron Porter, that too. What's up? That's my favorite Andor line, I think, ever, is his dialogue talking about the Empire. Oh, Just I mean, so fat and satisfied. It's great. I don't know if it's the best Andor dialogue, monologue, dialogue, whatever. It's There's a lot to choose from. We'll have that talk in a few weeks. We'll yeah. pick our favorite one. Uh, yeah, usually I come up with those on my own, but Cameron's like, come on, man. I'm fat and satisfied. Fat and satisfied. <laughs> All right. He, he literally is eating a salad over there. Um, you, you done with your salad, dude? I'm done with my salad, and All I right. just finished washing it down with an Oreo milkshake. Yeah, so. I, I, it was it was quite the the uh, the dichotomy of choices there. It's like eating a salad. I'm like, okay, I see you, Cameron. That's right. New Year's resolution in, chasing it down with an Oreo <laughs> milkshake. Got to do it. I feel you, man. I, I, I really do. So um, before we get into Andor, because, yeah, that's, that's all we're talking about. For the next four weeks, Andor, 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 um, and I'm spoiler alert, very excited. Uh, but before we do that, Cameron, last week you posed us with a question yeah. as we were wrapping up the pod, and uh, let's let's just start there. Let's yeah, r- roll that question back for those you know just now joining. So the question was favorite uh, character reveal in Star Wars, like favorite. For us, for people that have watched a lot of the animated shows, specifically favorite live action character okay. reveal. So this is okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, that I feel like I took the assignment a little different. Okay. But I can. I can. I can come. It's up, up to. Uh, it, it's up for uh, for interpretation. Well, you go first, and I'll make sure that uh, <laughs> I'll make sure that I. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Mine. All right, so this this idea for this question came hot off my um, Mando rewatch, just okay. just soaking in all the Mando and Boba stuff. But and I hadn't gotten there yet in my rewatch because I stopped to watch Andor. But I'm so excited to rewatch the reveal of Cad Bane mm. in live action. That that's I probably watched that scene over and over again about. Five or six times when I first saw the episode, just yeah, like yeah. rolled it back. He just he just came out of nowhere, like from the desert comes from the stranger, desert. Man. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And like, I just remember the moment I was like, "Who the heck is this guy?" And then before he even like lifted his head up and looked at um at uh it was uh Cobb Vanth. Yeah, one of my other favorite the actors, Marshall. uh characters from the show. Um, I was like. Oh, like I mean, I was genuinely like not sure who it was mm. until like the last second. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be Cad Bane," and then yes. he looked and just like he looked scary in live action. Like looking at his face, like the way that his, his nose was done, his, his teeth. Nose and it just the voice has always been perfect. Yeah, yeah, they just knocked it out of the park with that one. And uh, yeah, that's my favorite character reveal live action moment ever. Love it. Um, when, when I was switching mine to more like what you're talking about, like an animated character who's being reintroduced in live action, um, that's what I thought of. <laughs> yep. So since you did that, I'm going to go with my original thing. I mean, I will say that there's a lot of great ones. Like mm-hmm. Ahsoka was, was fantastic. Yep. You know, the way that she just, I remember everybody kind of knew it was going to be the Ahsoka episode. And I was like, okay, how long are we going to wait for Ahsoka? And like, the first ten seconds is like, zoom, there she is. Yep. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was mind blowing. Um, obviously, you know, the Luke Skywalker reveal in the finale of season mm-hmm. two of Mando, another great one. I'm just going to keep saying things, but no, the one that I I really really like is I, I like the Boba Fett one. Like I I I love the way that 
they sort of um they really dragged it out but not yeah. in a bad way you know if you remember chapter five the gunslinger uh, that that might be right that i anyways ep- episode five of the first season of mando it ends with someone walking up to finish shan's body and i remember yeah. hearing the the sounds of Boba Fett and being like, oh my God, it's Boba Fett. But mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, it's not Boba Fett. And then like you see him at the end of the season two premiere and it's just like, oh, yep. and that was great. But then really, you know, later on that season when we get the full Boba Fett episode, um, just the way they, f- they show him in his armor for the first time again it's just like amazing and even like the way they had slave one kind of like go over the ship in that that second to last episode of that season just everything about the (laughs) boba fett reintroduction was just like yes they nailed it yes every time and i mean literally for a year and a half for me because i mean you know i was fairly certain that was boba fett at the end of that season Mm -hmm. one episode and so yeah I, i i don't I don't know. I don't know how you can do it much better than that. They just really just milked it for all it was yeah. worth. And I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you mentioned the scene of the slave one just kind of dude. flying over on was it Corvus? What was that planet um, where, where Cor- Yoda was put on the uh, core band? No, no, Corvus. I think was the was the one with Ahsoka. Um, it's a uh, Tython. Tython. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I love that but, that but, shot. But but no, there's that. But the one that I'm talking about is the the next. Hmm, I think it's the next episode. Uh, it's when they it's when they're getting Doctor Pershing, and oh, it's yeah. that one where Cara Dune just like offs that guy in the yep. cockpit. But the, but the way it might even be the finale, and it's just the way that it did like that slow reveal. You kind of see it from inside the Imperial yes. shuttle, it's like, oh, like looking straight so through cool. the windshield. Yeah, and, and it's just, just like sitting there. super oh, yeah. menacing. That that's the shot I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, everything about Boba Fett's reintroduction to me is just like Chef's kiss. I mean, oh, yeah. Again, because like when you're gonna bring back a character like Boba Fett, someone presumed dead for almost 40 years in fandom, I feel like that's the way to do it. You just you just bring it in little bit by little mm-hmm. bit, and then of course, you know, I'll never forget watching the finale of season two and being like. Oh my God, Luke Skywalker! You know, and then mm-hmm. the episode ends, and you're like, "Oh my God!" And then you get the, you get the post credit scene of Boba Fett killing, um, why is his name escaping me? Uh, um, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, yeah. You know all that, and then you're like, "Book of Boba Fett coming!" Oh my God! It's like it was just the wildest stuff, man. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, we we've talked about it on the pod before. I'm still big on Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I know, I get it. There was stuff I didn't like too. But like overall, minus the really slow chase scene and some of yeah. the <laughs> some of that stuff, like it was just a really cool show. It was very, very like weird Star Wars. Like, do you like the prequels? Do you mm-hmm. like everything on Tatooine ever? You're gonna love Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. That's how. I, that's you know, for me, it, it, it was great. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. That's a good way to the put introduction it. Introduction of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's uh let's talk Andor. So. These first three episodes are what we're focusing on today. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Toby Haynes, written by Tony Gilroy. Um, I, this is all off the top of the dome just because I, I just love the way that they did it. It's just like these guys yeah. here. And um, well, ep- uh, episodes one through three, they both came out, I want to say it was September 21st, because I, I just looked it up a little bit ago, 2022. The first three episodes all aired together. Let's talk about it. What maybe maybe we can even go back to like initial reactions if you can remember, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about our watch through that we just both both had. So initial reactions. Let's see. <clears throat> Are you well, big? Let's go back a little further. Okay. Twenty sixteen, Rogue One. Oh gosh. What was it like for you watching Rogue One? Rogue One, I didn't realize how much I loved that movie until later on. Like, I okay. saw it and I loved it. Fantastic movie. And then that was that was probably around the time that I started getting deeper into Star Wars. Like, right, yeah. In everything. So, after a couple of rewatches of all the movies within Scope and then like all the shows, 
and stuff that I've been consuming other than that, like, I think I will say that if I will say that Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and Rogue One are all tied wow. for number one Star Wars movies for me. That's an interesting ranking. Yep. I don't think I've ever heard that I, exactly. Rogue One was just like, it was you just have, so good. You have the Holy Grail, Empire. Mm-hmm. You have a prequel movie and a Disney era Star Wars movie all tied for all one. All tied for one, yeah. That's really cool. I'm, I'm, That's why we do this podcast, yeah, man. I'm, look, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be unbiased. I try to pick yeah. something from all the eras. Um, did Rogue One come out before the first of the sequel trilogy? It was it was after Force Awakens before okay, okay. Last Jedi. Yeah, so like Last Jedi came out. It was obviously like super high on the idea that like I'm watching new Star Wars again mm-hmm. just for that sake. And then Rogue One came out and you, I was like sorry, the Force Awakens came out. Or is, that's what I meant. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. I'm just I'm just tracking timeline. Well, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> They're all the same movie. I'm just kidding. So then Rogue One comes out. Rogue One comes out, and I was just like, this is this is just a chef's kiss, like put a bow on it. Yeah. Like perfect Star Wars movie. Yeah. It really it really was I I'll be honest, I was pretty high in my anticipation going into Rogue One. And it absolutely delivered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I won't say it over delivered. Like I was like, this is about to be awesome i think the second that i heard just the pitch that um i want to say it's is it gary witta i forget i forget the guy's name or or no it, it may have been um oh what's his name he works for ilm john oh it's okay anyways the just the elevator pitch for rogue one i just remember being like i'm in mm-hmm. <laughs> i i I greenlit it in my fandom immediately, <laughs> and it, it it totally lived up. I mean, I, I I remember being in the theater opening night. It wasn't as wild as the Force Awakens was. Yeah, like, the Force Awakens was crazy opening yeah. night. But I remember going to see Rogue One, and I mean, it was just a fantastic time. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know. It 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 pretty immediately cemented itself as being top tier Star Wars to me. And I remember watching it and being like, well. I'm going home and watching New Hope. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I mean, we'll, we'll we'll specifically talk Cassian. I mean, I remember thinking Cassian was an incredibly interesting character to me. The fact that he just straight off that dude in the beginning, and yeah. and you know his ultimate sacrifice. Uh, spoiler alert: If you haven't watched Rogue One and you're listening to a Star Wars podcast about the first three episodes of Andor a year after it came yeah. out, spoiler alert: You know the, the ultimate sacrifice, all that. Which is all incredibly compelling. Uh, Diego Luna is absolutely mm. just a, a killer actor. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, I think that I, I'm I'm really stoked that him and Tony kind of got together and decided to do this thing because yeah. it is unreal. So yeah, let's let's pivot back into Andor. Do you remember watching these first three episodes when when they first aired? Yeah. Let's see. My were you in the camp that was like, it's too slow, I don't really... I don't no, really I was just... In, I okay. was like... I watched it with like eyes wide open, just like, all right, where's this going? Like, Dude. I mean, you watched those first three episodes... We kind of knew where it was going. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking, I'm yeah. joking. But like, you're, you're trying... You're looking for like the tone. Like, what's the, yeah. what's the overarching... And it doesn't... Honestly, if you think about it, if I think about it in its entirety, it never really settles on one thing. You've got like... And it was so good that they released those first three episodes and we watched them together before this because it's like that show's broken up very well into like segments. I feel Absolutely. Like. Um, we'll talk about that. So it's, it's yeah. a little jilted. Like it's kind of, it can be kind of hard to follow it sometimes, but especially the first three episodes, just like it's jumping around in timeline. You're trying to put all these pieces mm, together. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 Um, with, with him going back to his like childhood. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, Okay, I'll I'll just real quick say what my initial thoughts were back then. I mean, I remember again, kind of just being like, "Oh, this is a different, this is a different kind of Star Wars." Totally different. Yeah. Um, I I want to say, I, <laughs> okay, you want to know my true instant reaction, and maybe I've said this on the pod before. I don't know. Maybe I've told you in person or, anyways, my initial reaction was this: Wow, 
this is incredible. I'm really not going to like all the discourse around it. Oh, really? Because I felt like you could tell. what was going to happen is that you would have one half of fandom that's like, boring, not Star Wars enough, and that you would have another half of fandom that's like, this is what Star Wars is supposed to be like. The Mandalorian sucks. Book of mm. Boba Fett sucks. Obi-Wan sucks. Everything else sucks. This is what the greatest Star Wars... Uh, this is the best Star Wars since A New Hope. And I mean, both of those things did come true. <laughs> like, that was kind of, I feel like, you know... Yeah. I, I just kind of just had that feeling. But it's fine. Um, people can certainly share their opinions. Lord knows you and I do it every week here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I pretty instantly was like, man, I really love this. Even if it's not, we talked about how when we, when we covered Ahsoka, how it more than any other piece of Star Wars that has come out in since George's Star Wars, it gives me what I like in Star Wars. And I know that not everyone loved Ahsoka, and it's not everyone's favorite, but just for what I like, that's what I got. Andor's not necessarily like that. Mm-hmm. Andor is giving me something fresh and interesting, and and I I love how well done it is from you know the the score to the writing to the acting to the the cinematography. Everything is on ten. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, it's for me. It's 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 not my quote unquote favorite Star Wars. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's the best Star Wars. But for, yeah. for what it is, I mean, it's it's an it, absolutely fantastic riveting show. It was like, yeah, I mean, it was in its own category. You can't really compare it. I mean, when I think about Solo, like... Sure, yeah. I love that great movie. example. And it, it it's nothing like Andor, but it, it's that same flavor of like... It, but but in the fact that it's nothing like the original trilogy or yeah. yes i agree it's like it kind of it it's kinda, a very stylized movie yeah that's a good way to put it it, yes. it quote unquote takes you out of your you know skywalker saga star wars mindset but i kind of like that it was like there were moments that i would kind of forget i'd be like oh this is star wars i'm watching a star wars yeah. show right now which Dude. i was into you know now yeah, if, yeah. if they took if they took a movie in the skywalker saga and applied that same thing to it, mm. eh, you know, I might sure. pull back. It'd be a little bit more painful. But with it being something that's that's just like we were talking about with the new shows, like the Acolyte touching a, a new era, right? It's like, sure, make it make it not normal Star Wars. Yeah. Make me a little bit uncomfortable. I'll try something new out. Yeah, one day we'll sit down and we'll talk solo. But all, I again, it's one of those things where I remember watching it and being like, oh man, this is so cool. Yeah, and solo. You know, it's coming hot off the heels of the Last Jedi, and you know, yeah. fans were not another exactly not well received super enthused. project. Another thing that nobody seems to ever want to talk about is nobody was promoting Solo. the 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 trailer didn't even come out until like February or March, oh, which wow. is wild because <laughs> the yeah. movie came out in May, and, and the trailer didn't even come out until like February. There was little to no advertisement, and then it was a bomb, and they're like, "Well, we're just going to wrap it up at nine. Yeah, <laughs> you know it was so weird. We'll talk about that one day. But but what I will say is the last time I watched Solo, I was just like, "What a cool, interesting tone mm-hmm. that movie has." I think Ron Howard stepped in and did a great job. Um, yeah, one day we'll we'll seriously sit down and talk. I just I don't want to derail us too much from Andor. Yeah. All right, so but- that sort of catches us up, I guess, as, yeah. as far as like how we felt when Andor came out. And, yeah. Um, I will say this. When I watched it this time, and I don't know, I, I do feel like I'm just in a little bit of a different headspace than I was when, you know, it's been a year and a half almost. So just kind of like in a different headspace. I'm sitting down watching this movie or this this arc, which is basically a movie. Yeah. And I was just glued to the screen. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it surprised even me. I was like, this might be the most fun I've had watching Andor. Dang. And not only that, I, <laughs> I I watched the first couple episodes, and it was a, it was like a, a, a weeknight, and so I was like, yeah, I'm trying to go to bed relatively early, and I was like, am I about to watch every last bit of this arc? And I didn't, and the next day... I watched the third episode and and I was like legitimately like upset that 
I needed to wait to watch the next arc. Like I was ready to go. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was ready to watch the whole season. Mm-hmm. Like right now I'm excited. You know, it's not like I'm excited to get done what we're doing, but in a way I am because I'm ready to go watch four, five, and six. Yeah. And my wife even, she a lot of times will sit down and watch these with me when I'm going back and doing rewatches. And she was like, can we watch the fourth episode of Andor yet? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. And when, when I told her, you're potting tonight she's like so we can watch Andor tonight nice i mean like we were just glued so i don't know what it was about maybe it's just that i have not rewatched it in a, a while maybe yeah. that's what it is i don't know but when i say that i was just glued i mean i i it even registered to me as i was watching it's like man this is something different mm-hmm. like i loved these first three episodes yeah this was my first rewatch since the show came out mm. and when it came out i had a four month old mm. and i was getting up early 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 in the morning to like <laughs> feed her or like hold her yeah and uh i was watching it so i was in this like very sleep deprived state i followed along but i wasn't as attentive as oh. i was this past week when you I was don't watching. have to I, I don't have kids myself but i know enough people that do i know what your brain was probably like it was very foggy very <laughs> yeah. foggy yeah but um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned how Rogue One opened up mm-hmm. with Cassian just like offing somebody just yeah. right from the jump, and here we are with Andor starts yep. out the same exact way. Yeah, so so let's kind of talk about that. So the show opens with and and look, we're probably going to talk a little bit about what's coming later in the season because we've seen it. We're not going to pretend like we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pretend like we haven't seen Rogue One. Um. But yeah, it opens up with him in this brothel. So you're instantly kind of like, all right, this is a little different for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, not not too far out, but like we know, we know what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And he's looking for a sister, which again, never knew he had a sister. Right. <laughs> so it's like this like fresh new thing and he ends up getting himself into a little bit of trouble and and as you're at least for me as i was watching this this sequence i couldn't help but feel for him because i was just like what other choice did he have to make yeah i mean what what do you think i'm not saying i wouldn't go as far as to say he was quote-unquote justified but he did what he had to do. in a way did what he had to do because yeah. there's i mean there's no way that that you know, that guard started all that stuff with him for no reason. There's no world in which that guy goes, oh, yeah, it was just an accident. You didn't mean to. Everything will be fine. Like, no, Andor would have been, you know, in prison or, or executed or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, are you of that thinking? Did he make the right call? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you could you could feel the, like, panic in that scene yeah like looking at his face and like he could tell he's freaking out and he's asking the guy is he breathing is he or whatever he was yeah. asking him and um yeah he just it, it's those fight or flight moments like that he was just like i this is my only way out and yeah him being someone who's had to scrape by yep his whole life um it's like all right let me shove my morals to the side or mm. you know whether or not mm. i want to do this i have to and I'm Dude, just going to do it. So I think that that same thing could be said about the arc. Like the, these first three episodes, mm-hmm. you can feel he's in this desperate state yeah, where desperate. he just, he has to do whatever he can do to get out, including borrow, lie, cheat, steal, whatever. Um, and, and we see that not only through this interaction, not only through this arc, we see it through the season and ultimately up even through Rogue One, whatever it takes, whatever he has to do, Andor is going to do it. Yeah, and um, it, yeah, it, it sort of started here, and it's almost like, in a way, that that one fateful interaction with these two guards is kind of like a summary of the way that Cassian is is going to act, and that's mm-hmm. that's born out of this experience he he's had. Let's kind of like. Let's talk about the flashback for a little bit yeah, before we good, move too perfect. forward. So, you know, we see him on this planet of, oh man, the name is escaping me. Canari. Canari, thank you. So we see him in this planet where there's been a horrible, like, mining accident. And for from everything I could tell, every adult <laughs> on yeah. the planet is dead. Yeah. Um, you see the mines are empty. So the Empire, I guess, took what they wanted and left. 
Well, at this point, it wouldn't have been the Empire. That's 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 the most confusing part of this all for me, because it was a it was a it was a, conf- a Confederate ship that landed. Ninety nine percent sure. Was it? Ninety nine percent sure. Oh. It's a separatist ship, and. You know, he's got that line. I sort of steal it from my tag at the beginning of each episode. He's been in this fight since he was six years old. Of course, I say eight because that's that's when I started watching Star Wars. <laughs> and 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 you so so you see this young Cassian. His name at that point is just Cassa. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Cassa. He's probably what ten, eleven. Yeah. So presumably, whatever happened happened years before. Yeah. And I sort of get the impression that. When he went on this, I don't know what you call it, this little adventure with his with his friends to go check out this downed ship, it felt like that might have been like his first time doing that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You definitely get the idea that like this is this is his first chance to like go along with like the mm-hmm. big kids. That's and like right. Go on like a mission or something. Yeah, but but he certainly had to live and fend for himself for. A couple years now, I guess. It, again, been in the fight since he was six years old. At this point, he's probably ten or eleven ish, um, and he's just he's just built a little bit different than mm-hmm. than everyone else. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what scene it was. I think it was when the ship was crashing. Um, it made like a loud implosion or something, and everyone kind of like screamed. But if you look at him, he's just just. Just Cold. flat affect, yeah. like doesn't make any expression. Yep. You can just see that whatever happened to Cassian, it had already happened, and he already is just kind of like whatever that, you know, call it trauma or whatever thing he had been through, it's 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 already done its work. Yeah. And so um he he certainly seems like he's not afraid to jump in and and get his hands dirty and, and we see that throughout. Um, of course, we see Marva <laughs> and B2 and Cassian's dad, whose name I can't recall at the moment. Um, started um, with a C, I think. Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, but, but you know, I, I love jumping ahead a little bit, just the parallel of him on the ship being taken away by the two of them, juxtaposed with him going off with uh, Luthen at the end. Yeah. So really great. I mean, I, I as... Re- being rescued, like... Yeah, yeah. Out of desperation, basically. Yes, yes. Going to the rest of his life, essentially. Yep. Uh, both times. Being, like you said, rescued. Being being taken from this... <laughs> being taken from this life of, of, of desperation, only to, spoiler alert, be put into a life more of more desperation. desperation. Yeah. Like, this kid is just never going to catch a break, man. Um... So we we'll, we'll we'll bring bring it back a little bit. We got these like I'm gonna throw some characters at you, and All you right. just just walk me through your thoughts on these characters. We'll play this game for a little bit. Okay. All right. <clears throat> we'll start with the we'll start with Bix. Bix, yeah. Um, Andor's ex girlfriend for sure. Yep. Still definitely, friends. Definitely yep. still some like uh some weird vibes. Some feelings there for sure. She she seems very like she knows him and like understands his antics, but is like You're right. really over it at the same time. Yeah. The 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 theme you sort of see play out over this first arc is just like everyone that Cassian meets except for Marva and maybe What's the what's the, what's the guy's name? The big buff guy, bro. Mm, Can't remember. I'll, I'll I'll look it up real quick. Because he was the uh, other one that I was thinking about when I think about Bix just being so like kind of over him and like over the way that he does things and like he he was also in the same. He's a bit more understanding. He kind of just I, I goes fe- along with yeah, Andor. I feel like he's a little bit more like okay, we're 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 still cool at least to some degree. By the way, uh, Clem was Clem was the, the guy. T- yeah, and Brasso, Brasso. I, I Brasso. was gonna say Brocco. I was like, that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> Brasso. So so Brasso seems the kind of he. There's something, and I'm still interested in what that is because I don't think that ever gets fully explored no. in the first season. Uh, but Brasso seems a little bit more, you know, when Andor comes to him and he's, like, trying to have Brasso be his alibi, Brasso's, like, punching up his alibi a little bit, like, yeah, and then you you made me mad and I pushed you and you fell and uh, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, he seems more, um, when I, if I think about Brasso and 
picks. Yeah. Brasso is more so at the point where he's just like, Cassian is is how he is. Right. It's like, th- this is just him. Yeah. And Bix is a little bit more like, Frustrated. why are you still doing yeah. that? Why are you still living yeah. life this way? But Brasso's just like, yeah, this is All him. Right. <laughs> Here's some more names I'm going to throw at you. So so thumbs up on Brasso, thumbs up on Bix. Bix is great, by the way. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I, just, I just love the whole, you know, she's got that rebel spirit. It's mm-hmm. not exactly you know, the same as like what we find in the rebel Alliance. Like she's definitely doing it for money. Again, the yeah. whole planet sort of has this rebellious nature and there is like a sense of desperation throughout the whole planet as well. Yes. Um, and, and Bix, slums kind of right. And Bix definitely embodies that. All right. Here's another thing for you. Tim, Tim, oh, we don't really Tim like sucks, Tim. dude. <laughs> Tim is the worst and he got what he Deserved. Yeah. He's got what he had coming to him, man. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, he got what, what he had coming to him. Just what a little jealous, insecure, man, it's like one of my least favorite kinds of people. Yeah. And and this this has happened in Star Wars. Uh, there was a character in um, season one of Tales of the Jedi that similar thing happened. They're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to the Empire. And then the Empire comes and wrecks them. And does what, you know? Yeah. And, well, I guess it wasn't the Empire. It was the security force or whatever. Mm-hmm. But same, same idea. Um, yeah, Tim. Tim. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like him. Let's just say, I, I will say this. I felt for Bix and what she had to go through watching it happen. Yes. Way more than I felt for Tim. Tim can just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He I'm not gonna get too. I'm just saying, Tim can just lay there and rot for all yeah. I care. Like Tim, just he's the worst. Uh, here's another name, Cyril Carn. Old cereal. Let's talk about cereal, <laughs> man. We ain't got to any cereal yet, so what, slow down, yeah, slow yeah. your roll, man. What a uh, just weirdo. That, what that's a the first word. I hard. Yeah, you know, and he's so well written. He's mm-hmm. the kind of person that. You can tell wants to be a certain kind of person, and he's just not that kind of person. And no matter how hard he tries, he'll never be that. Well, seems like he'll never be that kind of person. Mm -hmm. When he gave that (laughs) speech, oh, dude, the speech, (laughs) the speech, when he gave the speech, it was clear that he had practiced it, that he had waited for his moment to do like he literally just that whole the whole situation that they found themselves in was all manufactured by him yeah right yeah. like every bit of it yeah and so like you can tell that he worked really hard to get to that position that he he wrote his speech that he that he practiced it and then when it came time to deliver <laughs> he just couldn't do it man yeah. and that i would say is is him and the entirety of the show again it's this arc is doing a really good job of being like here are these characters these are the way that they act and this is the way that they're going to be throughout the series of the show although cyril does kind of go down an interesting path and i'm i'm excited to rewatch that but dude cyril cyril i, I don't know i won't say he's the worst i think tim's the worst i was i was trying to i was just looking up to see if i could find like a uh, a transcript <laughs> Of what? Of his speech, because it was just so bad. I mean, there were just so many pauses and stutters. There so and... many pa- there were so many statements that he made in it, and you could just tell is like he doesn't he doesn't mean any no. of this, but he's trying so hard. And like it, I, it, there was this shot mm. where it panned over like the other agents' faces as and he's doing. Kind of like they're just kind of like holding their they got their arms crossed. They're not. Yeah, they all look very disengaged. It's it's like when you work that corporate job. And you've got one. You got one person mm-hmm. that's like, "All right, gang, we're yeah. a family here." Yeah. And as a team, it's like, it's like you feel me. I empathize, and I'm like, "Man, I see what they're trying to do." You're just trying to like, you're trying to get everybody hyped up, or like trying to get everybody to rally. But it's like you, you're, it's like a dead. It's like a. It's a moot point because nobody is reciprocate you're you're speaking yeah. to a, a group of people that don't want to be rallied in the yeah, first place exactly exactly and you know you bring up i i can't remember your exact words if if, if i'll in here let me roll it back no, i'm just kidding um the fact that like it seems like 
he's saying the things that he feels like he should be saying, but I don't know that he really feels them. Yeah. Um, you said something along the lines of that. And I, I wonder if that's where we ultimately – I wonder what his ultimate fate is going to be, I guess. I'm mm-hmm. almost more interested in his fate than anyone on the show except for maybe Luthans. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cyril is is a really interesting character just because, like, I wonder if he's going to realize, I don't believe any of this stuff. What yeah. am I doing? Um, I mean, they're setting him up perfectly to be one of those types of characters that that plays the part, kind of like Callus uh, was in Rebels. Yeah, but but I almost feel like with Cyril, that realization might come a little bit too late. Yeah, like he might pull an Icarus, you know, and just fly a little too close to the sun. Yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know, but Cyril, what an interesting character. Um, Weird. But that Weirdo. said, like. God, just the worst. The way he tailored his suit. <laughs> his oh, yeah. boss, by the way, upon rewatch, is you know, he was like, he was just like, Don't I'm not doing this. Like, we're mm-hmm. not gonna go down this this rabbit hole. I really felt that <laughs> yeah. this time. And and you know what I will say though? There is a little part of me personally that is a little bit like, I gotta go down that rabbit hole. But I, yeah. I don't know that that is really I don't know. I don't know if that is what Cyril. Let me say it like this: You and I, we 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 work as gigging musicians. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just gonna try to say what I mean real fast. Sometimes I'll 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 be like working on some songs or something, and, and I'll be like, "Oh man, I just got to get this just right. Oh, it's gonna be so much work." Oh, and someone will say to me, "Just phone it in." I can't. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Yep. <laughs> There's something in me that can't. But. I don't know that that's why Cyril's doing what Cyril's doing is my point. No, he he's he's like he's trying so hard to find something that he like cares about. And that stocky agent guy, the short stocky one with the real thick sideburns yeah, yeah, and the yeah, accent, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the was the perfect person for him to engage with about this because he's like very militaristic, like very mm-hmm. like all about valiance and yes, like loyalty yeah. and like mm-hmm. Cyril was talking to him about these murders and he was like, yeah, it's a cry and shame. And there's, there's this shot where Cyril mm. gets like real, he's like, right? Like, like, oh, isn't it, good isn't catch. It, shouldn't I don't... we be, he's like, this is a, this is a tragedy or this is a, yeah, this is yeah, such yeah. an insult. So it was like, he was the perfect person to like, that's an interesting get him point. fired up like that because yeah. Cyril uh, up until this point is kind of, he's real tight lipped. He, you can tell that there's something behind him where he's got this fire. He wants to just like pursue justice for mm. these two officers and then the second that guy is just like yeah we should be we should be using the full extent of the law to prosecute and he's like absolutely it's i mean yeah so and he was the one that also like got the clapping started after his like really bad speech too right so. right well said sir <laughs> yeah well said yeah <laughs> okay uh let's keep going down the list marva 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 um Marva definitely like cool retired uh, biker grandma vibe is what I get, <laughs> dude. That's so true. Because like you know, you know that she's a rebel. We we see later on in the show that um, you know she's just got this fire against the empire, mm-hmm. tight lipped when when ISB comes around asking questions, like not wanting to co- cooperate, um, very much just limited to her environment but mm-hmm. still trying to do what she can to like stoke the fire of rebellion yeah yeah i i think marva is it, it, you know it's tough to talk about her without knowing where ultimately everything goes and she's just an incredible character um you kind of see a lot of what she stood for i think is is the thing that most was able to Cassian could have gone down two different, two different, very different directions. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he he sacrificed his life, but it really it meant something. Yeah, you know, it meant something huge, and I think that that is due to Marva and her kind of Influence. way that she yeah the way yeah. That she influenced him. She she's probably 
in that way, the most important character of the show. And yeah, you're right. She does have that like <laughs> grandma that rides a dirt bike energy. That's a great way of describing yeah. her. Um, all right, couple more. I mean, well, because without her, without her, and Cassian was just just mad at the world, chip yeah. on his shoulder. Yeah. I'm so like um, I'm a victim. Of everything around me, I've got to like kick and claw and scream to get anything in this world. But mm-hmm. for what, for what reason? Nothing. Right. Just to get, just to get ahead a little bit. Mm. So that's that's a great point. That now that you bring it into scope with like Andor's legacy and like where he ended up going. Yeah, ultimately, Marvel. Yeah. Um, how about? Uh, oh, here we go. Luthen. Uh, uh, let's see. Hold on. Yeah, he's he's he for me he's my favorite part. I kind of want to say favorite favorite part of the show. Yeah, I wanted I wanted so much more of Luthen. Like I I remember watching Andor for the first time, being like, dude, can I get like a simultaneous spinoff show that's dude, just like yeah. about this guy when he's not on screen? I mean, absolutely. And we'll get there when we get to the episode, but like his antique shop. Yeah, like looking around at some. I mean, if you're real big on some Star Wars lore, you can look around in there and see some crazy stuff. There is Star um, Killer suits in there. Yeah, <laughs> there's um, all kinds of stuff. Luthen just like such a uh, noble character. Mm-hmm. His monologue later on in this season was just like, yeah, that might be. Oh, it's between that and Marva's final, yeah, final speech that are are in in the running for me in terms of the the best dialogue monologues of the show yeah um yeah Luthen Luthen to me is a, a super intriguing character I mean when we see him at this point of the show we mean save some thoughts for later but you know you you barely even scratched the surface but the way that he was able to sort of just like see Cassian know the the sort of importance and worth that that he has because mm-hmm. you know he could have just came in and bought that little forty thousand credit piece or whatever and just yeah, dipped you the, know uh, but he understood that like that thing is nothing compared to what having someone like Cassian yeah working for you you know it's just it's it's he he really truly understands what's at stake and 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 how to sort of play the game but. Man, he he's he's great. I I love Luthen, and and that's not something I was totally expecting. I mean, no, I I you know you see the the trailers, you kind of think, oh yeah, that guy seems like he's pretty cool. But yeah. where it where it ends up going? Well, he well, two things. First of all, you're immediately wondering how the heck he knows so much about Cassian, right? Or as he would call him, Ander. Ander. <laughs> that made Cassian me laugh Ander. so many times when he was just like, Cassian oh, Ander. One of my favorite things to do in this world is just to go, Cassian Ander. Cassian I just Ander. love the yeah. way that he says his uh, name, no, Cassian too. Ander. Well, like, yeah, one, how does he know so much about him? We have no clue. I mean, he's obviously been keeping tabs, but the way that he was able to speak specifically to Cassian to, like, get him on board. Yeah. I mean, to be like... Don't you want to fight these guys for real? Quickly, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. And Incredibly just one interaction. Quickly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the even the lesson, the, you know, rule number one, or one of the rules I always follow oh, yeah, is yeah. build your exit build when your you come exit. in or yeah, something like right, that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Super, like, spy thriller, which is what, you know, Tony Gilroy is certainly known for. Yeah. Um, Let's 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 pivot from from characters unless are are there any oh we got B two emo I mean <laughs> you know he's the most endearing droid ever yes like, and I, just I mean the name I mean come on B two emo it's a little on the it's, nose it's so maybe, on the nose but you know <laughs> I'll let it slide I guess it's funny for a show that's that's what's really interesting for a show so like tonally serious and like about its business mm. to name him B two emo is yep. just. All right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, are there any other characters from this first arc that I'm not remembering? I don't think so. I think that's it for the most part. I mean, there's a couple more minor characters, but I think those are our major players. Yeah, those are the main Yeah, those are the main ones. We haven't met Deidre yet. No. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, we haven't got to your boy Kino Loy. We haven't got to... Uh, I only know him as cousin from the bear. I forget his name in the show. Um, he's the guy that ultimately turns on them when they do the the heist later. 
Um, whatever. Spoilers, I, I, Tyler. I know, oh I know, man, I know, dude. I, I don't know. So many. Spoilers. I don't know where the show's going. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about let's talk about the score. The score is incredible. Um, I would be down to have Nicholas Vertel score like everything that he wants to. I mean, I love it. But yeah. it, it, now I will say because I, I don't know how you're about to react. It's different for Star Wars, mm-hmm. but you know what? What are your thoughts? It reminded me. It reminds me a lot of. Um, <clears throat> he did Succession, like, by the way. I don't know if you watched that show. No, I haven't seen okay. that show. Great show, again. Great. It, score. It's very. Um, and this might sound weird. Hopefully, somebody out there gets it. But like, it, it felt a lot like Halo music. I can see that. Like the. I mean, and we talked about this a little bit in Andor mm-hmm. too, I think. But there was something about it that had this like very like kind of percussive vibe. And wasn't it, if I remember right, the title, the title scene of each episode is a it's different, different. It's a different piece of music. They're all different. Oh, well, what I will say is it's it's kind of like the same piece of music, the same sequence, but it's just like a little piece. Well, it, I, I I'll go back to say for sure, but I, it's really it's the same motif and the same mm-hmm. piece of music. It's just sort of built differently. Instrumentation might be different. The dynamics might be a little different. And it always sort of like goes with the kind of where the episode is going. Yeah. And um, I will say that that one of the things that's really interesting about this score compared to, and and I will will jump ahead a little bit, um, compared to other shows is it's very ingrained in the fabric of what we actually see on screen. And what I mean is this. Uh, I know that Tony is a huge music guy, mm-hmm. and the way that I've heard both him and Nicholas Patel talk about it, maybe I'll pull some clips before next week. Very good, yeah. Um, but because I don't, I don't really, I didn't really think much of the, I didn't really go into or pay too well, much attention I'll, to the score. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple things real fast, but yeah. but one thing that Tony and 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 Nicholas have talked about is how closely they discuss the music mm-hmm. and one of the things that they decided early on is that the title sequence would sort of have a different bit of instrumentation for each for each episode and apparently it was like a lot to chew on here's something that's really cool that i that i noticed on this rewatch in the third episode you remember the sequence where they're trying to alert everyone in the town that the security bureau is there and they're like they're hitting all the cha 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 oh yeah yep cha 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 they got like all these different like rhythmic things that they're doing and the volume was kind of in it was increasing as oh, it was yeah, getting more and more yeah, intense yeah. too yeah but on that on that opening sequence it's doing the normal again the the normal melodic motif but if you listen back you hear Cha 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 cha. You hear the rhythms huh. from that scene earlier on in the in the opening wow. sequence, which is what I'm getting at. Is like that was decided when they were shooting it on the camera, like because like it, it matches up. Like they're they're the, hitting the rhythms. Yeah. Like the rhythms were predetermined when they when they actually sat down to film in the show, mm-hmm. and then they brought it into the the sequence and it's it's similar to the way that again spoiler alert but i i won't won't say the exact scene uh even though it's i know most people have already seen it but still in the final episode there is a we'll call it a procession march and the music that's being played had already been scored when they were playing like they're playing it for real like it's it's on it's on set. The music's playing over the loudspeakers. So, like, he had already scored a lot of it while they're still filming. You know, it's very different. Like, Rather than them just doing general procession movements yeah, and yeah. sounds. Yeah, it's like, no, the music is there. Wow. And you're seeing people playing along to it. You know, it's just, it's just not typical. But you can just feel how tightly... Um, how tightly sequenced everything is in terms of the score. And even well, even with the uh, with the bell tower guy, yeah, like it's very very meticulous. I mean, honestly, when I was watching it for the first time, when this guy's like heading up to the tower and he's got his little hammers and he like he does his arms up and freezes. So I thought cool. it was going to do something funny. Like I thought it was setting up to be mm. like this is going to be some kind of he's going to mess something up. 
But no, and they they make a point to show him doing that yeah. multiple times where he's holding up his hammers and then it's just very rhythmic the way that he's like basically alarming the town to wake up yeah, yeah. in the morning. I think it's like a shift change, I think is what it is. Yeah. And like it's it, it, it is really interesting. Like you see he hits his right hand and makes one note, he hits his left hand and makes another note, he hits them both together, now they're in harmony, but right. it's the same intervals. It's really, really cool to watch. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it sounds so cool. But again, that's something that like it's a part of the score, but it's also a part of What's happening? Like it's in Visually, the world. Yeah. That's the, that. I guess that's what it is. Is is it's like sometimes the score is represented by what's actually happening in the the show. It's 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 almost like you can't tell. It's like is this a musical score? Yeah. Is this? It's both. It's it's so interesting. Um, and I, I I really like when creators do that because like Tony Gilroy as a showrunner showrunner head writer. Of course, music is under his purview. Of course. But most showrunners are not that into the music, I don't believe. Yeah. And I I love that anytime I've heard Tony talk about it, he's just that far into every bit of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's the same way about the cinematography. He's probably the same way about all the dialogue. He's, you know, he's just in it and he just really is all in. Yeah, and I I really love that about him. And anytime I hear him talk about it, he comes off a little bit as like a, a brash kind of guy. Yeah. Like especially, especially before the show came out, mm-hmm. and you know he he was kind of brought in to, to quote unquote fix Rogue One. Uh, it's, the people are still a bit, it's still a little murky on what exactly he did and what yeah. Gareth had done. Um, and he always sounded a little pompous afterwards, but I think it's really just that he's very direct. Right. Yeah, I know? think so too. And what I will say is I watched him, I'm sure you did too. I watched him on on stage at Star Wars Celebration. Yep. And you could just kind of see him. He's like, I, I would encourage you, listener, to go watch Tony Gilroy at, at Celebration last year. He just kind of like looks around, he's like, Wow, like you guys like really love this stuff. Star Wars thing. I've never seen anything like it. And you could almost feel like he was kind of like, okay, like, like softening a little bit in terms of like, oh, because I I, I don't think that people that aren't big Star Wars fans, I don't think they get it, man. I don't think they get the way that we are about it. Even like a guy that made it, you know, and he's sort of the whole time, he's kind of like, I'm not really into the Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. I'm into this story. And you could tell, I mean, it's a great story. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see how much um, how much more Star Wars the, the second, second season, season goes. Will be. Yeah. And the show gets, quote, I, I don't know how to say it. It gets more Star Wars as it goes along. You get yeah. some TIE fighters. You start to get stormtroopers. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, I would say even the, um, the Death Star. Even the, the, like, peek behind the curtain with all the Imperial Security Bureau stuff is like very star it's very different Star Wars, yeah. but it's it's very much like, oh, this is how the Empire operates. Yeah. And you know, say what you will. I I've got, I know a lot of people who did not like Andor quite as much because it was so dialogue heavy and because it, it focused so much on the inner workings of the <sighs> Empire. But I loved it. I, I wanted I enjoyed that part of it. Let me be a bit of a jerk. Uh, I, I'm going to be a bit of a jerk. I think we went on. I think we, uh, I think you touched on this the last time we were talking about Andor. I would just ask those people, how much time do you spend on TikTok? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that they may have, just know, not used to dialogue. damaged their attention span yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, just sound, watch, watch a show, man. Like, I don't know. I don't. Get, I don't get enveloped in it. Yeah, yeah, I don't find it to be super dialogue heavy. I mean, no, I don't. I don't and, either. And, and and before we before we leave, you know, we, we touch on the score. Um, just let's just talk action. That action sequence, dude, at the end of the third episode. And if you want to say like, oh, maybe maybe that's what they mean. There's not enough action. I don't know. Whatever. I'm cool with slow burns. I'm I'm. Call me Casey Musgraves because I'm all right with a slow burn. Like I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I love a good slow burn. It's probably why I enjoyed Ahsoka so much. Mm-hmm. I would almost say that I prefer a slow burn. Hmm. So maybe I'm just weird that way. Yeah. But um, that that sequence, and and you sort of again, you get to spot Luthen and you get to see how much of a mastermind he is. He sees these things 
swinging. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. But that whole sequence, I as I was watching it this time, I was like, Tony Gilroy thought of that. Yeah, you know, like I know it sounds These so big, silly. Like, it's like engines. yeah, Tyler, that's how TV shows work. But I'm just saying, like, just what a brilliant way to take, you know, a shootout, a Star Wars shootout, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm not knocking Star Wars shootouts. I love I love A New Hope. You know, like shootouts are great in Star Wars. But what a what an interesting way to just take it up a notch and just add all this like tension. It's yeah. so tense, man. Oh, yeah. If I didn't know that Andor was gonna make it till Rogue One, if the show wasn't called Andor, I would be just like he's dead. Oh yeah. man, he's gonna, I he's gonna go back for that Star Path an unit. Anxious wreck the yeah. whole time. I mean. It's 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 there's just so much tension everywhere. But I mean that that action sequence. I mean, what about for you? For me, it's just like one of the it most. It was so so good and like yeah, all the tension, all the you know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat during especially the beginning of it because you're like, okay, I saw how they came in here. You got it's cutting to the to the agents running through the streets and they're trying to chase. So you're also getting that little bit of anxiety because Cyril is like, mm. they're like, wait on us, wait on us. So you're seeing them running and like Andor and Luthen are like, Luthen. I think Luthen even says how much time they have basically yes, until the rest. Yes. Of, he's like, oh yeah, they're waiting on reinforcements to get here, so yeah. we got to move. Um, but I mean, my my favorite my favorite thing is the ending of that whole sequence where the speeder crashes mm, the misdirection yeah the misdirection and they're like we got him and they're they're the the stocky i'm just gonna call him sideburns sideburns turns around and looks at cyril and like he like gives him a thumbs up and they're smiling and the music the music even starts to lift yeah because you're seeing it from cyril's perspective at that point oh, you're interesting. like interesting yeah cyril got Good his catch. win like you know he was so nervous but we got him. We got him, guys. Don't worry. And then it flips on a dime, and you see that speeder moving. And then the other. All those guards get killed. Yeah, the land speeder just explodes. And it's just like now he has not only failed, but now there's more. A uh, spectacular failure. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. It was already bad enough. By the way, shout out to our boy uh, Brasso who who tied that thing up to the ship and. And totally destroyed it, you know, as it started yeah, like, dude, what a great idea. And, and like, so it was already going bad and sideways. Yep. But like, it goes bad and sideways, but at least we capture the guy that did it. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, four more people are dead. Yeah. Like, just how bad can you mess it up? Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I, just the look on Cyril's face, like, you feel as it. he starts to not only realize his failure, but come down off of that second of being like, oh, we right. won. We yeah. won. And then, Oh, we failed. Dude. Oh, no. We people died. <laughs> people died, and I have lost my job, and yeah. maybe worse. Like, but it just, just this it just stokes that like goofy, uh, vigilant purpose of him more. It, it just stokes that fire more in him. Like this failure that should have just been like, well, I gave it a good try when my boss was gone, but maybe I should start to lay low. It just. It it sends him further, and then obviously he gets uh, re uh, reassigned to clerical work. But well, he, he I can't remember kind of, exactly how that gets. Yeah, there. it's more like he gets fired, and then yeah. he finds some work. Uh, he's got a he's got an uncle who's well connected, but he just can't let it go. He just, he just can't, can't let it let go. It he can't go. not chase the rabbit. He can't. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am Cyril. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe. we are more like than I thought. I'll, we'll keep watching. I, I get the vibe that it's more like what you said. But that's the thing about Cyril is like he actually is a very complicated character to to read. I think everybody at first was just like calling him a fascist. I don't. I don't know that he is necessarily. I think. I think. I think part of what bothered him was the fact that this guy. You know these these guys who work for the security company like they died and like no one cared and i think mm-hmm. that it i think he took that personal he's like well that could have been me yeah no one's gonna care when i die like i, I don't know i don't That's know what good, it is yeah I, I don't know if i and i need to read up some more because i have heard that there were a lot of people that were drawing a lot of confusion or drawing a lot of conclusions or parallels between cyril and fascism aspects i don't well, i think that's more Deirdre, we'll talk about her next week. Well, oh, like, yeah, for, straight up for like, certain. But, but for Cyril, it's it. Yeah, I agree with you. It is more of like a. He's just, he's just this little grunt 
who like has a higher yeah he has a higher sense of yeah me. yeah he has a higher sense of importance, importance than he really yeah. and that that may come from a doting mother I guess oh, we'll yeah. uh, definitely got some some mommy problems <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get into that on this next arc well we're not gonna do any speculation obviously we you know yeah. we we kind of what know what's coming um is there anything else we we touched the score we you know we touched kind of plot writing we touched characters we touched i mean the show just looks fantastic and yeah. i feel like it only got better as it went on um that some of the stuff in that arc next week is just wild we'll we'll, we'll wax poetic i guess then. the last thing i mean from your uh from your intro that i requested this morning just <laughs> the fact, the the backstory behind the Starpath unit for those of you who only watched the show once or haven't even seen it, but you know he the whole reason he's meeting Luthen is to sell him the Starpath mm. unit. Yeah, Luthen is like, how the heck did you even get a hold of this thing? Yeah, and Cassian has this like monologue where he just talks about he's just like, I just walked in there and took it. Yeah, he's like the Empire is just so fat and satisfied with themselves that they could never they could never even imagine that someone would just Dude. walk in there and steal something and i was like oh my uh, god it really, it, just is, like, it really is like oh yeah it, it fired up. yeah it does you're but, right yeah he's just like yeah they're, they they're so stupid like and and full of themselves that they would not even consider that somebody would just walk in and steal it out from under their noses which is interesting because you know Oh, that's uh, a cool parallel I'd not considered to this moment. But like, why did the Jedi Order fall? Hubris, pride, Huber, yeah. and you you see the same thing happening um, here in 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 the show with the Empire. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe that's just how it always happens. I think so. What <laughs> maybe was, even in the real world. <laughs> what, what was the original trilogy a parallel of? Vietnam War. Yeah, George was making all kinds of parallels with. Uh, Politics and current state, and that's about all I know to even say. Is that <laughs> I You're like, I don't know. I wasn't but born I, in but the I 70s. Know, I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine. You know, all the political, and this is a very political unrest show. Yeah. I, I even saw, dude. I read an article the other day that was it cited a couple of people on um, Twitter that were talking about how they had relationships like marriages. Oh, I saw that. End over Andor because yeah, of the arguments that, that happened between significant <laughs> others about the commentary. Like I saw that. I was like, that's really interesting. Uh -huh. I guess uh you're welcome slash I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think that was all I remember from it too is just people on Twitter basically like, Yeah, I got a divorce after watching Andor yeah. with my <laughs> with my spouse yeah. because we had so much disagreement. But you know what's interesting though about it is um and, and I feel like this is true with, with Star Wars too, George Lucas's Star Wars. Um, while it may have been, you know, modeled on the Vietnam War, it, it, it feels r relatively evergreen. And mm -hmm. I think that even Tony when asked about that um, he was. He kind of said, like, you know, this is not a commentary on today's politics. It's he's a he's a history guy, so he's he's pulling back from all kinds of empires and eras. And I mean, that's I think another thing that George sort of got at um, whenever everything happened with the the prequels and the original trilogy, and what ultimately happened in the sequels is that. That's just kind of what happens in our real world is like this thing goes down. You think, well, we're good. This will never happen again. We'll mm -hmm. never have another world war. And then, you know, 15 years later, Here here's World War Two. Yep. And, and, you know, and, and we find ourselves now in a lot of like modern day stuff. It's like, I thought we had already got rid of all this mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, you know, it just it seems I don't know that we're destined to repeat it, but it, it certainly cyclical. repeats. It's yeah. it's it's very cyclical. And what I like about Andor is it doesn't feel it would be very easy to make this show and sort of be like, well, okay, this is this side of the political spectrum. These people are that side of the political mm -hmm. spectrum. This is this political person. This is this, and it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can draw those conclusions for yourself. I'm just saying I don't think that Tony's like. <laughs> here i don't care it's like here's trump like he's not doing that that's yeah, not what yeah. he's doing and um i, I i've I, so far the whole season but definitely this arc yeah i'm enjoying the my, uh the story that he is um he's unveiling for us yeah my i mean it, you know on the 
on the political thing. I think the the most incredible political portion of this show is getting to see the 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 under the inner workings and like the undertones of of the rebellion beginning mm. when we see Mon Mothma and and you get to really see. I mean, you know, yeah, we've got all these scenes with all these aristocrats, but you really pay attention to what is happening. Mm-hmm. We're laying groundwork of of thinking about okay, how do we get funds to fund this rebellion? Right. How do we do it without getting discovered? It's so much so much espionage and like. Yeah. So that political aspect of it is like so great to see, and then especially as it leads into uh, all right, don't as get too it leads far into Rogue One, got, and then the original you know, trip. Oh, just we still so got three good. more weeks of covering Andor. So Gosh. next week we're talking Andor episodes four, five, and six. This is the second arc of the show, mm-hmm. and, and real quick, I will say that like I think one of the the cool things about the show is they sort of took this three episode blocking that they were. You know, doing on mm-hmm. like a production thing, and they were like, "Well, we'll just like order our story around that." Yeah, it's kind of brilliant. It's like if you're going to have four directors for a 12 episode season, and they're each going to get three, yeah, why, why not like give them their own like almost like movie and let them yeah. really tell a full story? I really like it. Yep. We'll talk more maybe next week or after about the way that they're doing season two because it's really interesting um but they're sort of taking that idea and dialing it in and taking it a little bit further Mm -hmm. um man what a great what a great show i'm i'm i'll tell you what i can't i can't wait to watch four five and six yeah uh man the the podcasts aren't coming fast enough because i'm trying to watch them and not go you know too far far but it's just like Oh, I I'm, I'm I know that I'm going to binge it. I might save it for like Friday night, and I'll just Friday night will be my Andor night. But God, it's so hard, dude. Yeah, because I just all I want to do is watch it tonight. I may <laughs> I may get started tonight. At least watch the first episode. Yeah. So, listening audience, please if if you haven't already, like watch Andor with us. Even if yeah. you watch it before and you're like, oh, I don't know, it wasn't really my favorite kind of Star Wars. Or if you watch it before and you're like, oh, I love it. I already have it all memorized. Just watch it with us again. It's yeah. fun. Give it's fun chance. to like sit here and watch and and talk about it. And maybe you can text one of your buddies and be like, "Hey, I'm rewatching Andor. You want to rewatch it with me? Yeah. You can listen to Star Wars podcast if you want. These guys are kind of cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, g- thank you for listening. Um, Cameron, is there anything more before we close? I don't think so. All right, dude. Let's land this ship. Yeah. Don't you have a question for us yeah, that you want I us do. to ponder? I like I like hey, thinking listener, about it this week. If you want to be featured on the podcast, I got a question for you. Just send us a quick answer. Favorite? Who's your favorite droid in mm. Star Wars? Favorite droid. Favorite droid. In Star and Wars. it doesn't have to be R two D two or C three PO. It might be, but could be. Dig deep. Dig deep. Send us an Instagram DM at Star Wars After Party Pod. Um, email us at Star Wars, Star Wars After Party, after party at, gmail. at gmail.com yeah, or send us a voice memo yeah that's that's a good way to get on the show we would love we love playing you guys I know we get more when the show is actually airing but shoot them at any time we're here for you until next time Tyler out Cameron out This party's over.